Why, thank you, Jumble Jim, for that wonderful musical introduction. Oh my goodness gracious, look at you over there in your your fall attire. That's right, it's now the unofficial beginning of autumn here, and you put away your white linens and you're out here in autumn attire, um, playing a beautiful music on that wonderful, wonderful jacked-up synthesizer. Hi, this is Tim Marr, and this is Failing Up, along with the musical director, Jungle Jim, who orchestrates and composes that wonderful introduction and beautiful closing to this podcast. And um, hope you're having a wonderful day recording this podcast in the low-level studio located on the shores of the mighty Seneca River that flows all the way up to the Great Lake of Ontario, feeding the mighty St. Lawrence Seaway past 1,000 islands and out into the great, beautiful, blue Atlantic Ocean. Atlantic Ocean, North Atlantic Ocean, where they just apparently have taken cameras down with 8K capability, whatever that means, to get clearer pictures of the Titanic. Um, Newsflash, it hit an iceberg to get clear pictures of the Titanic. Uh, But if you can stay on the Atlantic and go all the way around the world, just like my voice, or if you get on Lake Ontario and you go in the other direction and you head towards Buffalo, the beautiful city of Toronto, Canada, over Niagara Falls, down into Lake Erie, Lake Michigan, Huron, Superior, all the great big huge lakes in the United States of our America. That's right. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Hey, this is Failing Up, and here we are. Uh, Autumn approaches, coming through Labor Day weekend. That's right, Labor Day weekend, the unofficial ending of summer, just like Memorial Day is the unofficial beginning of summer. Uh, Equinox and all that stuff uh, aside. And so... um, in the northeast part of America, where we record this podcast, it is really fall comes right in. A switch, you know, just it's it's flipped. The switch is flipped and autumn comes in. Beautiful. Everybody will be talking about, everybody now will be, just like during the pandemic where people were craving toilet paper and paper towels and all those types of things. Now everybody goes crazy over apples. Apples and apple cider. You would think that, you think they were a, a brand new discovery. They were like diamonds. I got to have apples. It's fall. I have to have apples. So between September on Halloween, everybody here in the Northeast has to have apples. And people t- come all the way through Vermont and all around just to come and get apples in the, in the Northeast part of the country. And peak foliage becomes the, you know, pr- prior to snowfall uh, and prior to, because you're always talking about the weather up here because you never know. It's usually cloudy. Uh, but pretty soon it's all going to be about foliage. You know, we're at peak foliage up north. We're at peak foliage. So you can run around and look at the leaves. And the leaves are beautiful, but they're only beautiful for a little little bitsy period of time you know they're really peak when they, when, they, when they say your your leaves are a peak foliage that means they're about to drop so all these beautiful pictures for all of you individuals around the world when you see these beautiful autumn pictures uh here in the states pri- primarily in the, in the northeast part of the state uh, of the country when you see these beautiful leaves they last like that for about a day then it rains and then they're gone and then you have the barren trees of halloween uh, so prior to that, you have these, but where do they go? They don't just disappear and float away. They go into the ground and you got to rake them. And sometimes they're up to your knees and it's not easy raking leaves. So I personally, I dread autumn because the leaves will be dropping and I'll be raking away. Autumn, autumn, uh, the autumn, the autumn of my life. Am I in the autumn of my life? I don't know. I don't know. See, I see the, um, 
Rolling Stones, once again, have been out on tour, the Rolling Stones, and I've been watching clips and flips and all those things on uh, Facebook around the Rolling Stones. Now, make no mistake, I love the Rolling Stones, and I think they are absolutely uh, one of the greatest bands of all time. I don't believe they were the greatest band of all time. I, actually, I don't think there is a greatest band of all time. I think there's evolutions of, of rock bands. I mean, certainly the Stones are up there. I think the Beatles are in a class onto themselves, and you can't really compete with the Beatles, and I believe... Mick Jagger kind of referenced that in the Rolling Stone article. Just the Beatles were more than a band. They were a phenomenon. But the Beatles, I think, all led the way in a lot of ways. And you can even see that in uh, some of the Stones' um, album covers. The, uh, but I think you know part of the, the Beatles led the British invasion, but certainly the Stones are right there. One of the most underrated British bands, which may have, would have been in the same uh, sentence with the Beatles, would be the Dave Clark Five, but they disbanded. What happened to the Dave Clark Five? I'm going to do a whole podcast on what happened to the Dave Clark Five because they they could be considered really the number two band in the British invasion. And for and for a brief period of time, you know, now that time is all relative when you get older, for a brief period of time, they were on par with the Beatles. So you had the Beatles, the Kinks, the Rolling Stones, Herman's Hermits, uh, the Who, all these bands coming from, you know, the huge English invasion, invasion, you know, Tommy, uh, all, all these bands. Uh, and, um, uh, but the Stones, the, the Stones, these Stones have, have lasted, have lasted for over 60 years. They're out there and they're rocking and they're rolling and they're, they're in their late 70s and they're on the stage. And everybody always says, oh my God, the Stones are great. They never change. The Stones are great. I mean, I can't believe they're still doing it. Well, they're really not still doing it like they once did it. They're not the, they're not, first of all, they're not really the Rolling Stones of the historic era of the Rolling Stones. You know, they're, they don't, they haven't had the original members in the Rolling Stones since 1969. So, so my position is, yes, they're, they've written some of the greatest rock songs of all time. And again, I love the songs. Mick Jagger is without question. Uh, without a doubt, the greatest uh, frontman of all time in rock and roll. Nobody, he's number one. So regardless of the band, he's, he's the top frontman of all time. But the Rolling Stones themselves are a parody of themselves. I think if you if you interviewed the Rolling Stones of 1968 and said, you know, when you're 70 years old, you're going to be doing this, I think they would have shuddered. I think they would have shuddered at that thought. That in, in their late 70s, they would be up on these stages. and um, But they are because... What they've become is a brand. People go see the Rolling Stones to see the brand of the Rolling Stones. And in many cases, they go to say, they go just to say, I saw the Rolling Stones. Did you see this? I saw the Stones. They haven't changed. Yeah, they've changed a lot. They're a mess of old guys up on a stage. And really what you're paying to see is you're, you're paying to see them play their songs, which they don't play the same way they used to. And you're, and you're paying to see the fact that, you know, Mick Jagger can still run around. Mick Jagger runs around. He's not the Jagger who was the uh, mesmerizing lead singer and, and got his moves coached by James Brown. He's the Jagger who runs around the stage. Looks like a skinny old guy running around the stage. Uh, but again, these aren't the original Stones. You can't, for example, you have the Fab Four of the Beatles, and you couldn't sub substitute the Beatles. But the original Stones of Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Charlie Watts, Bill Wyman, and Brian Jones, and with uh, Ian Stewart, who um, was actually one of the founders of the Stones, the Scottish Ian Stewart, but the Stones um, manager at the time, um, Andrew Looney Oldham, decided that Stewart couldn't shouldn't be out front. So Stewart became the road manager for the Stones. They always referred to him as one of the Stones, and the pianist for the Stones. The silent stone was Ian Stewart. 
1969, uh, Brian Jones is fired from the band due to excessive drug use. He just kind of lost it. So they got rid of Brian Jones, and they bring in Mick Taylor. So Mick Taylor plays with the Stones. And actually, some of their most iconic albums, it's, it's Mick Taylor on there playing with the Stones. Uh, Exile on Main Street has Mick Taylor on it, uh, not Brian Jones and not Rod Wood. So it's, uh, you know, it's really amazing as to um, the band at that point is not really the original Stones. So if you look at, uh, you know, Get Your Yaya, if you look at Let It Bleed, I think it was the first album he played on, Let It Bleed. If you look at Sticky Fingers, if you look at um, Exile on Main Street, those classic albums had Mick Taylor on it, not Brian Jones. They weren't even the original Stones. They were down original. They were down one, two of the, one of the founders. And then um, Mick Taylor leaves the band, I believe, in 1974. Taylor leaves the band, uh, 73, 74, and in comes Rod Wood. Rod Wood comes in in 1975. So individuals now look at the Stones, or you know, they, they see uh, Jagger and they see Richards. But then in uh, 1992, Bill Wyman, another original Stone, leaves. And of course, last year there was the tragic passing of the wonderful drummer Charlie Watts. So, um, so right now, if you go to see the Rolling Stones, you're literally seeing the band because the only two original Stones on the stage are Keith Richards. And Mick Jagger, they're the only two original members of the Stones on the stage. So that would be like seeing the Beatles with uh, well, Ringo Starr and, and Paul McCartney or John Lennon and Paul McCartney because they're you know they're in the same level, uh, Roger, uh, Richards and Jagger. But it's the same thing. But people go to see the brand, the Stones brand. And I would argue that uh, by 1978, the Stones. The Stones were their 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 legacy, their greatest creative input, their greatest output, creative output was was done by 1978. 1978, their greatest um, output was done, and after that, they became the brand. They just went pure corporate. Uh, so after Some Girls in 1978, where they incorporated these bluesies and disco, and it was really a you know Some Girls is a great album. Oh my God, Some Girls is a wonderful album, and. Um, but after that album, that was it. That that's that's you know after that they went into playing their hits. Of course, they had Tattoo You and Emotional Rescue and some others. But the great song, the classic Stones, were uh, done really producing their best by 1978. By 1978, and then it became a brand. You went to see them. I remember the tour in 1981, the Tattoo uh, tour, and uh, at that point. You know, you went to see him in 1981. People were saying, "You better go see him because it's the last time you're going to ever see the Stones." 1981. Uh, Mick Jagger is not only uh, the greatest frontman of a rock band of all time. Mick Jagger is also one of the top business people in the world. Um, and for those of you who don't know, and everybody should know by now if you know the history of the Stones, Mick Jagger, now the Stones are all suburban kids in London, make it big, you know, after struggling. And Jagger comes from a, a you know, good family, very close family, uh, and a smart kid. And he's going to the, um, the economics school in London, prestigious school of economics in London. And he eventually drops out to uh, lead the, become the lead singer for the Rolling Stones. So Jagger has a tremendous, tremendous business acumen. So the guy you see on stage performing as a great frontman, you know, up until 1978, he was doing it. And then by Tattoo, by 1981's tour, he went into business. And they, they came out to make the money. 
and they were one of the first bands, I think, to have a tour sponsored corporately. They understood the, the, the makeup of the big stage, the show, the ticket, the whole deal. They understood, Jagger understood branding. And through those years, uh, especially 69 to 78, it was Jagger's business, Acume, that held the band together. It was Jagger's business dealings while Keith Jagger or Keith Richards was in and out of rehab and, and everything was going on. It was Jagger who, as a businessman, made the Stones money through uh, sharp deals and investments and, and taking over rights and also um, just keeping, keeping control of everything. And then in 1981, they became a corporate band and a brand. And when you go and they're just a, a huge brand, but they're. You know, people talk about the Beatles. They, oh, the Beatles were this and the Beatles. The Beatles, they put, they, and both bands put out great music. Don't get me wrong. But the Stones, when you go to a concert to see the Rolling Stones, now you're not seeing the Rolling Stones. You're not seeing the Rolling Stones of the 60s. You're seeing museum pieces. You're seeing a tribute band. You're going to see a piece of history. You're going to go down maybe memory lane. But you're, th th those aren't the Stones of the 1960s and the 1970s or the irreverent and Rebel Jagger and, and you know the Hyde Park and all that kind of stuff. These are the guys who are out there making a ton of dough because they know you're going to go to the concert. And that's the and and the wonderful music that they made. And I'll, and I'll go through some of their top albums and the years around their top albums if you look at them. Uh, they accumulate in 1970, uh, 1978 with, um, with Exile. Exile on Main Street came out. Most people consider the number one album of the Rolling Stones, Exile on Main Street, which came out in 1972. Then you had Sticky Fingers. I love Sticky Fingers. Andy Warhol artwork. Uh, one of my favorite Rolling Stones songs is on Sticky Fingers. Um, Dead Roses. You have uh, their British release of Aftermath, and then it came into the U.S., Beggar's Banquet, uh, Aftermath was 66, uh, Let It Bleed was 69, with No Jones, that was um, the first one with uh, Mick Taylor, uh, Get Your Ya Ya, that was in 1970, so 1970. And then if you get a little earlier, you know, if you're going to look into some of the, you know, earlier Stones uh, records when you get to, um, i got to look at this uh, sheet I have here, but if you look at some of the, you know, earlier uh, Big Stones records, you have, you know, um, uh, their Satanic Majesty, which came out, Request, which came out in 1967. Some uh, thought that they kind of stole the theme from the Beatles and all their India Maharaja spiritual stuff they were doing. Um, you know, it's, um, but that's 67. That's in 67. Then you have Goat Soup that came out in 1973. So Goat Soup came out in 73. Uh, another one of their great ones. It's Only Rock and Roll came out, you know, early 70s. Only Rock and Roll came out in the early 70s. Another, you know, Ain't Too Proud to Beg was on that one. But again, that's the early 70s, 1970s. Get your yayas out. This is a big one for Keith Richards. A lot of great rock and roll in this one. One of my favorite all-time Stones albums, 1969, was Let It Bleed. Let It Bleed. Oh, my God, I just love that song. Let It Bleed, hardcore rock and roll. But again, we're talking 1969. Um, you know, and again, we had You Can't Always Get What You Want. You have Mick Jagger. I mean, you have Mick Taylor on that one. And again, we're talking 69. We're talking Beggar's Banquet, 1968. Beggar's Banquet, you still had Brian Jones. You still had the original band together in uh, 68 with you know, Street Fighting Man and um, you know, all these great songs that you hear today. You know, then you have one they called Aftermath, which came out in 1966 and uh, had two versions. You know, the UK version had Mother's Little Helper, and the US version played a song you still hear today, which is Painted Black. Uh, both versions had the classic song 
under my thumb. So if you hear these songs, these songs are all before 1978. And here we are in 2000. Sticky Fingers, one of the greatest of all time as far as I'm concerned, with Brown Sugar, which they don't play anymore for, uh, uh, well, obvious reasons. Um, 1971, Sticky Fingers, great song. Um, some Girls, another one came out in 78. 78 was Some Girls. That's where we're talking about 78. And it's where they, you know, combine disco into rock and roll. And it has a, you know, just, a, again, a huge, huge song. And then the, and then the album that mo most consider their, their pay de la resistance, their, their number one album would be, of all time, would be Exile on Main Street. So all of these great albums, all of these hits you hear of the Rolling Stones, all of the songs that the two original Rolling Stones play, or sing at their concerts are really between nine. Well, you could say the original, the '64 when they came out, but in 1978, and they're done. And then they become a corporate brand like IBM, like uh, Apple, like and they actually did, I believe, Apple commercials with their music, and they crossed over. And people go now. They, it's amazing because of the brilliant business genius of Jagger and how he. Um, took control of the business element, took control of all the rights, and then took control of the marketing, took control of the staging, uh, and positioned this band, the Rolling Stones, to just be this huge brand. I mean, people would go see the Rolling Stones play with a hologram of Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. You know, 79-year-old 70, men on the stage playing their guitars, which you would never imagine back in the day when they said, I don't trust anybody over 30. By the time they were over 30... They were going into the corporate world. So the great band of the Rolling Stones um, really is not out there right now. The great brand of the Rolling Stones is out there. The great brand of playing all those wonderful hits. And most of those hits, most of those hits you, you hear from um, Under My Thumb to Satisfaction, You Can't Always Get What You Want, Let It Bleed, Some all those hits. Um, the, one of the greatest rock songs ever written, Sympathy for the Devil. All of those songs were written, recorded, and on the charts prior to 1978. Many of them between 72 and 73. So we're talking 49 or 50 years ago, and then you get into 78 and you get on, you know, 45 years ago. So most of those great songs that people play, that hear them play, are from 45 years ago. So when they say, well, the Stones are still kicking, well, they're, they're, you know, Jagger's still running around the stage and Richards is still standing and bringing in oxygen and putting out carbon dioxide. But it's not the original band. Out of the original members, there are only two that stand on that stage. And the songs they play are 45 years old, and they're great songs. So when people say, well, the Beatles broke up in 1970. The Beatles didn't do anything since 1970. Well, apparently the Rolling Stones really didn't hit anything out since 1978. And the iconic part of their band was done by 1973, because that's when XL Main Street came out in 72. And there's nothing wrong that you're going to see a brand. There's nothing wrong that you're going to, to go down memory lane or you're saying, I went to a Stones concert. It's like saying, I went to the Smithsonian. But make no mistake, these are not the original Rolling Stones. They have to still have the greatest frontman running around the stage, uh, and they still have one of the greatest rock uh, instruments. Uh, instrumental, talented, innovative, innovative uh, guitarist of all time, Keith Richards. And you're, they're pretty much prancing him out on the stage and you see him. And then they, they sing some of their old songs with tremendous backup. But they are the Rolling Stones. It's a great brand. It's rock and roll. And uh, I still love them. I love all their music. 45 years old, still pumping strong. 
And uh, I hear you, Jungle Jim. You know, Jungle Jim, you are my greatest uh, front man. You're you're like a, you're going to be a legend in your own life. You're going to be you're going to be over there cranking on that synthesizer when you're 79 years old. I hear you, Jungle Jim. That's Jungle Jim. I'm Tim Marr, and this is filling up.